Welcome to Phi Gravity listeners. I am eager and excited for you to hear today from Dakin too. Dakin is amazing. We had a great conversation and uh, he kind of emerged on the scene in Kalamazoo a couple of years ago and I saw him kind of teaching breathwork classes and I was really intrigued. And uh, then he came back into my awareness a couple of weeks ago and as synchronicity always happens, uh, I'm very thrilled to have him here today to talk with you about a lot of amazing topics. Dakin is certified in the, as a School of the Heart instructor, so I'm hoping we're going to dig right into that, and an emotion code practitioner. And eCode is something that I've been using for a while, so I'm, that is a great tool, but I really don't know about this uh, School of the Heart instructor, so I'm excited to hear more about that. So welcome, Dakin. Uh, glad to have Thanks you. Thanks so much, Juliana. I appreciate it. This is uh, going to be a fun conversation today. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I think you need to start with what is a school of the heart instructor? Sure, sure. Uh, the school of the heart's been around for thousands of years. And uh, I was certified by a master who is now the custodian of this school. Uh, and it is growing and it is uh, entirely focused uh, on the heart, uh, obviously. <laughs> it's all heart based. Um, and what that means is it's basically it's a paradigm shift because the majority of the planet is operating from the brain and that is a split uh, organ, right? We have two hemispheres left and right. And that's why yeah. we see and interact and experience our world in duality because we always have opposites uh, based on our now. Uh, and the School of the Heart uh, is well aware, was the originator of knowing that the heart is a thinking organ, just like yeah. the brain. Uh, it has its own set of neurons. It actually has way more than the brain does. Um, not to say that it's any better in that sense, but having more thinking cells, uh, I think, offers more opportunity for what we can do. Uh, yeah. And there's a... This is all science-based too. Like now, in in the modern era, you, you can you can study this. And there's a organization called HeartMath that has done a lot of research on the heart and uh, how it does think, and how when we shift ourselves back into heart thinking, we become unified. Uh, mm -hmm. We wind up no longer looking in polarity. We wind up being uh, in a balanced and centered state where we can think and feel in a way that is much more in alignment with what human beings are and what humanity is. So yeah. it's a beautiful process. And this is honestly, this is, this is what it's all about right now. This major shift that we're experiencing uh, energetically on the planet uh, is us waking up to remember what it is that we are. Who are we? Because the idea of us as being human beings, although on the surface makes a lot of sense with what we see and feel, there's so much more. It's like, uh, you've, I'm sure you've heard of this and many people have seen this where you have like this uh, giant iceberg, right? And the tip is all that you see, but underneath there's this massive amount of information, knowledge, wisdom, material, uh, energy that has been untapped. And what we're doing now is we're diving deep into our subconscious using this analogy of going under the water and uh, seeing everything else that's there and reconnecting with what it is that we are. Uh, 
and it all starts with connecting to the heart. So that's what the uh, the School of the Heart's about. They have lots of different programs. Um, I was certified a little over a year and a half ago. Um, and uh, a fun story really quick, just to share. Uh, I heard that uh, Leonardo da Vinci was custodian uh, of the School of the Heart uh, back in his time. So this is something that progresses and has been continuing. Uh, it's I wouldn't call it that it's like a mystery school or something like that. Maybe in older times, centuries back, it may have been looked at like that because they may have been under persecution with regard to the freedom that connecting to your heart provides. Um, but yeah, so it's been around for a long, long time. <laughs> That's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I think about it in the context of what's happening today. And that is that is clear that so many of us are out of our heart center. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and if we came back to that, uh, we could we could have some much more um, open minded conversations. Mm -hmm. Completely, um, yeah. Bringing ourselves back yeah. into our heart is the basically the only proven method for us to be able to hear different sides, different perspectives, different ideas and concepts. And not just to accept what you're hearing, even if it's in opposition or the, the idea of it being in opposition to how you feel about something, uh, not just right. accepting it, but celebrating it. You look at yeah. the opposite ideas or different ideas as something that provides more of the truth um, because our own yeah. singular ideas of what's truthful is not truthful for everyone else on the planet. Um, and when you're in your heart, you can easily do that. When you're in your brain thinking from your headspace, then you cannot. That's when things kind of fall apart and you start pointing the finger and blaming people uh, for whatever it is that you've gone through. A lot of people play the victim card, right? You know, I can't right. progress in life because this happened to me. And that that is a purely brain thought process. So getting yourself yeah. into your heart will shift that for you and allow you to be able to open up in a way where you can live your most uh, amazing life. You know, whatever it is that your heart is looking for, whatever that heart's path is, you can do that then. Yeah. Yeah. I recall a TED talk a number of years ago, early on into my own sort of emergence. And um, it was called the danger of a single story. And it was very, it was so <laughs> impactful to me. I, I will never forget it. Um, and it was, it was the discussion about a woman coming from Africa who had been experienced the idea that, um, she would, you know, because she came from where she came from, she was uneducated and incapable and things like that. And, and it couldn't be further from the truth. And as, as she, um, as people explored that outside of their own perception, mm -hmm. uh, they had a much greater understanding of, of who she is and what her, um, you know, what she's here for and the general contribution. I think that, that we all have an opportunity to give. That's, that's beautiful. Um, that, that idea, yeah, like I, I haven't heard of this, but the idea of a singular story, if we, if we wind up connecting with just a single idea consistently that we think works for us, it really winds up limiting ourselves and what we're really capable of. So kind of like breaking apart definitions or perceptions that we have of ourselves, whatever our, our identity is and what our self-worth is, um, it's really good to take a step back from that identity and open up to a larger scale. At first, it seems a little bit uncomfortable when you practice doing something like that. 
but uh, yeah. what value it can add to your experience as a human being is it far outweighs that uncomfortableness for a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Brene Brown, um, I don't know if familiar with Brene Brown, she does a lot of research into um, living authentically mm-hmm. and shame and vulnerability. And she talks about that we, we break off into factions and live in echo chambers. <laughs> That's right. People who say the same things we do, and we are, we have lost the value of, as you pointed out, a, con- a contrasting uh, opinion and or view of the world yeah. uh, and the color that that brings and the opportunity that brings to, to enrich not only our experiences, but our experiences as, um, as a collective yep. in day-to-day life. So... I- that's really that's pretty it is it is i uh i not not to make a a poor analogy but it it fits on some level um that a lot of humanity is sleeping right we've heard that many times you know we're just kind of doing our day-to-day process and we act like things are okay and that we're happy within it but the happiness is kind of fleeting we have an opportunity to be Mm -hmm. fully connected all the time to joy to the inner yeah. child that we have within us that just wants to play, wants to experience and feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we tend mm-hmm. to take on more of a robotic way of living um, for fear of what we could experience if we push outside uh, these boundaries that have either been created for us or that we've allowed to uh, you know, kind of hold us in and shelter us. Yeah, the the limitations that, uh, you know, as, as children are placed upon us based on the limitations and perceptions of our, um, our collective group, like our parents and our peer groups and our school situation and, and where we live and uh, the economic situation around us, totally. et cetera. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and the reality is that to back to the idea of uh, many are living in victim mentality is that you know, the idea that when you recognize that you aren't a victim of circumstances and that you have an opportunity to expand um, and go beyond any potential limitation, that is frightening at first. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then eventually freeing, right? And and I think we often, I know I did it on my yep. own, which makes it at some level scarier for most people. So they won't embark on it. How do we not do it Yeah, alone? I agree with you. It is scarier to do it alone, especially when you start experiencing things that, you know, you were never taught were even possible as a child, right? And in, into early adult life. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, doing shows like this, you know, putting our, uh, the information that the people that have gone through it out there in a public forum in an easy, accessible way with no pretense. I think that's a big issue because there's a lot of people out there that practice um, the kind of work that we do that it's like, you have to come see me. You have to go you know, listen to me and I have the answers. You know, the people that are pushing that mm-hmm. idea that, you know, I, I know exactly what's right for you is not entirely a good thing to hear. <laughs> not that it's bad, right. but, you know, just just keep a, an open mind and and, and listen. But don't always buy everything that's being sold, uh, no matter who they are, or where they come from. The ultimate person that you have to trust is yourself. That's number one. 
people that are out there that are helping to empower you to know that you have the abilities to do all these things that anyone else is claiming that they can do is ultimate. So the power is within you. So I think uh, sharing these stories, sharing what we've been through, and I think, yeah, podcasts are an absolutely amazing tool, long form conversation to get at the heart, pun intended, (laughs) of what is (laughs) of what it is uh, that we are all capable of doing Um, and yeah and to share it I mean I'm not a fan of social media Um, I think it's a great tool but when you know what the body can do when you know what the tool of the body is capable of as a communicator as a projector um, social media winds up being something that's very 3D and it's beneficial for right now, yes. but um, there's a lot of garbage on social media too. But uh, sharing yeah. what it is that we uh, put out there in this way through social media, at least for the time being, is also very beneficial. So, Right, right. So, you know, talking about we've been through it, you know, can you talk more to uh, how do you, how did you, what did you go through and how did you get to where you're this, at? Um, and are how, how much time do we have? Because I... <laughs> I've been known to the people that I work with. They're like, you got to shorten up some of your talk because <laughs> you can go on for hours. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do an abridged version of what I went through. Um, and I, just okay. to, to start it off, I think that there's two types of situations uh, for what I'll just use, for lack of a better word, awakening. Okay. Um, I think that there's people early on in life as infants and, and, and young children that always have that gift and never lose it. Mm-hmm. And they wind up being mm-hmm. almost like mildly persecuted because they lo- are looked at as different because they have these other abilities yeah. that the majority of the public does not have. And they have their own right. issues that they have to work through based on kind of being ostracized at, at times. Um, right. And for me, it was different. I'm the other way of uh, awakening where uh, people go through severe stress, a situation that was so intense for them that everything that they thought they were in terms of identity gets kind of not only put into question, but essentially, if you're willing to do it, broken apart. So I had three years of severe depression based on my marriage not working. And... uh, doing everything that I thought I could do from my perspective to try to make it work just by communicating um, and letting uh, my ex-wife know of the issues that I felt that we were having. Um, it just didn't, right. it just didn't work out. So I, I did as much as I could for the time that I could. And it got to a point of such severe depression that I was contemplating suicide. And I had to look oh, wow. back at who I felt I was as a kid and said, how did I get to this point? where I could even be like, not just thinking about this, but really embracing that this is going to happen, you know, thinking of ways that I'm going to basically yeah. kill myself. And it, it wow. was so intense, uh, the, the compression that I felt, the weight that was uh, not only physically feeling within my body, I was sick all the time, I was uh, constant like anxiety attacks, and I didn't understand why. So I, I didn't know what yeah. the best method was, but I just knew I had to get out. So I, against all definitions of what I thought a family has to be, I chose to step out of the house, which is completely against like um, the programming of what I always thought I was. Like to do that, I to, to actually leave a home 
and I have two kids, it was just uh, excruciating and incredibly painful. But I recognized that I was not going to kill myself. I had to come up with something else. So when I went through that yeah. process, I it took about three months um, of having still like terror, essentially, uh, and having horrible uh, mm. like dreams and just, you know, again, harsh compression. But I had a dream during this time, during this early time of leaving the home. And uh, the dream was, uh, we spoke about this briefly when we first spoke, uh, talked. Uh, I woke up from that dream knowing without question that I had to learn how to love every single person on this planet. And at that time, it seemed ludicrous. Like, how does one do that? I can't possibly know everybody. Um, but with the heart, what's beautiful about it, you don't have to know everybody. Um, you don't have to know everyone on the planet. Yeah. You just have to recognize that the energy that's within you is exactly the same energy within everyone else. What powers us is source or love energy. Um, and yeah. once you have an experience of that and know that to be the truth, it's very easy to look at everyone, no matter where they are, whether you're seeing them on the news or if you're shaking their hand in person, you can look at them and love them knowing that they are your brother and sister. Uh, and for me to get to that point yeah. um, was um, actually I did ayahuasca. I, uh, I know that some people in spiritual circles don't like this, especially masters. Um, but for me at that time, it was essential. Uh, and it just happened yeah. automatically. It wasn't like I was searching anything out. I just knew that I had to do this. It was like a calling. And uh, doing that right. first ceremony of ayahuasca is where it opened me up to see my ego. And ego is what is the inner voice in our head that we think is us, but is not us. It's something else that helps keep us within this lower vibration. And there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It's a, a tool that's helping us to learn here. Um, but once I realized that ego yeah. was in charge and calling the shots for, at that time, my 34 years, uh, and right now I'm, I'm just about 42, um, I, uh, mm -hmm. I said, whoa, okay, I mean, I have a choice, like the true you know, my heart centered self has a choice. And once I did that, it all shifted. And then everything exploded. <laughs> every, every day was like, wow. just this, you know, I'm speaking with different entities from different dimensions, I am recognizing, you know, service to others versus service to self, and uh, getting yeah. essentially what I would call, you know, not making it sound like superpowers, but getting new powers, getting new abilities to tap into energy, in a way where I could not only help myself, mm -hmm. but I quickly learned oh my god i can help other people as well so so hopefully that wasn't too long <laughs> no great that was great um i would say mine um was not dissimilar because it, when we talked earlier we both came from yep, a corporate right. background um, and, and that requires it requires a lot of ego mm -hmm. to climb the ladder um and a lot of male ego at that um, or masculine ego, I should say, to be more precise about it. Um, I, ayahuasca was not my chosen path, but it took me a very long time to break past ego. Um, and I, I think I recall from my, I call it the pendulum swing. Like I went from angry ego, ready to fight anybody, take on the world kind of position to um, this very mealy, malleable, um, no backbone okay. kind of thing. And then swung back to the middle 
Um, and, and it, it became that, you know, as I, as you talk about heart center, as I came into my heart center and connect with my higher self, I was like, okay, I can be strong and capable and still loving and compassionate. Uh, finding that balance, mm. uh, took some time. It took some sure. time and a lot of sure. inner work. That's beautiful. That's, that's yeah. exactly it. That's what it takes. It takes time. Mm. Some people want like immediate fixes. And I don't want to put it out there that ayahuasca is like an immediate fix because there was a tremendous amount of work done before going to Peru to do ayahuasca. Um, and yeah. there's no rush. We literally, we are programmed to yep. think that we have to like fly through things and, and take care of things immediately. We can take our time going through the steps, going through the process and enjoying each step without like getting annoyed yeah. with ourselves. Why aren't we here yet? Why are, why do I keep hitting this hiccup or, you know, of you know, whatever is holding me back? Just enjoy it. it once you right. learn how to enjoy all those, like uh, those peaks and valleys going up and down, because that's really what this is about. Yeah. This experience is no matter where you're swinging in the moment, if you can find inner joy, even in what is considered to be by most people a horrible space, then you got it made. Then you figured yeah. it out without even really having to figure right. it out. You realize like there's no real grand riddle to any of this. It's all, hey, it's just what it is. <laughs> and enjoy the ride. Right. Like you get to create the excitement. You enjoy get to create the, the excitement. And it's yeah. got to be a heart-centered space. Yeah. It doesn't work in the brain. <laughs> yeah, for sure, absolutely. You know, I think too. You know, we're we're also conditioned to think everything needs to be hard, and the definition of work is yeah. it's difficult. Uh, so when we say when I use the phrase "do to do the work," I try to usually add a little asterisk that says this does not have to be difficult. If your perspective is let's make this about the exploration of the contrast. So, you know, I, I'm uh, today, I have this awareness that I have this uh, challenge with this individual. Um, and when I first came to the, you know, came to the point where I said, I got to take responsibility for everything that is occurring in my life and the good yeah, and the bad, right. And, and this space or this individual relationship is a struggle um, it was then this sort of like, oh, I'm a bad person. I've done terrible things. I've said things that I shouldn't. And so the immediate reaction is I'm bad and I've done bad things, which is that mm -hmm. shame position. Over time, I shifted to, well, wait a second. At the moment, that's what I did. Today, I will handle this differently and what's in the middle? Like, so what, why did I respond to that person in that way? What about my, you know, programming, emotional energy, past history, ancestral uh, experience, et cetera, like led to that response? And what's the fun exploration in the middle? Like, what am I going to yeah. uncover this time? And it's this, you know, I get to uncover all these cool things. And then I tell my husband, I'm like, hey, I found this out. He goes, okay. <laughs> I love it. Like when you share with your significant other. All right. Got it. Great. I'm glad for you. <laughs> but I think it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. And I, I think that's yeah. a key piece of it. Um, but we can't. And, and I'd like you to talk into this. I, I feel like there's there's an important piece of this is that we can't we shouldn't shame the part of ourselves that didn't get enough yeah. love 
And that is reactive, reacting maybe in a harsh or an angry or a judgmental or an, an argumentative way to an individual or a situation. Like there is this, it's the shadow mm -hmm. side, if you will. Um, and, you know, how, how we need to, we need to embrace that piece of it as well. So can you talk yeah, into sure. that a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. Um, I think there there definitely tends to be when when you talk about shadow, especially with regards to how light workers use the the word, um, it's there's some sort of fear bias with it, and that we are not supposed to you know look at it uh, or or uh, yeah. work with it. Like there's the dark side, right? Um, the yeah. one of the more beautiful things that I experienced was when I went into my subconscious and this is based on uh, some work doing meditation on my own. And I was never taught honestly either. I, I, I learn intuitively. Um, I connect with the earth. Uh, mm -hmm. I know from past life experiences that I've had since doing uh, lots of breath work. Breath work is my go-to um, piece that helps me with meditation and all things uh, metaphysical and energetic and spiritual. So ayahuasca was the starting point, but I don't have to do that. Uh, I, I work specifically with breath work now. Um, so I went down into my subconscious with help from the earth uh, through meditation and saw what was just a really dark, dank space, an area that felt um, mm -hmm. that I really didn't want to be there. But I knew, you know, being led that way into that space uh, by mother, by earth, I knew I had to to see something here. Um, and every time I'd go down, I'd recognize what you were speaking about earlier, like layers of guilt, layers of like, uh, mm. not hatred, but self-worth, like low self-worth. Um, and yeah. all things, you know, related to that kind of thing. Uh, things that I couldn't even remember as like, you know, a kid that, helped shape and form how I think about myself and living as an adult mm. under, you know, how I interpreted what people thought of me when I was a child. You know, it's, it seems ludicrous, but that's what we do as human beings. This is the mechanical process uh, of growing up because we're not, we're not yeah. brought into this world, one, having parents that know what they are. Very few people on the planet recognize, you know, where we come from, what we're doing here, why we even, that, the fact that we even chose to come here to earth, that we had that choice. Um, we don't have that information. So yeah. it's like, we're kind of starting as infants, not knowing anything. <laughs> um, or actually I should, I should reverse right? it. We, we, we know everything, but it gets stamped out of us as we get a little bit older. By the time we're three, four years old, it's like, we already know how our parents, you know, want us to kind of behave and how we are supposed to be thinking about stuff. But um, so, so, yeah, looking at all those things yeah. that came up in meditation and just looking at them. I said this earlier to someone else recently that you just have to look at the things of uh, how you think about yourself and to forgive yourself, not play the victim. No matter what it is that you've gone through, you can't use that energy to hold you in the space that you're at. Um, there was a, a, a sort of like a, a life training course essentially is what it is um I'll, I'll i'll say what it is it's landmark one of the earliest things that i did when i left uh my home when i left my wife uh, was i went to a landmark forum and that was the starting point that got me into philosophy uh, and i started reading everything that i could mm -hmm. just to kind of piece this together and what landmark would say with regards to this is 
basically human beings just are okay sitting in their shit (laughs) no matter how bad it smells they'll sit in it because they're used to it and they're familiar with it but and they're too scared to get themselves out to go into a new area that may smell way better (laughs) um yeah so that's that's really what this is about it's like looking into the subconscious and getting rid of uh or letting go releasing all these things uh these hard-coded definitions of what we think we are um, so that's one of the yeah. first things that helped me with regards to looking at shadow. And this, it's definitely shadow. The things that we hold in our subconscious are the dark ways in which we think about ourselves and we're too scared to look at it. My greatest advice would be look at it, look at all of it. Don't hold back. No matter how uncomfortable it is, go yeah. there. You have to go there. Yep. Without completely. Judgment. You just got to be open without judgment. And if it initially hits you, like you have a judgment yeah. about it, just, you know, exercise like that muscle memory to learn that oh i just judged it and that's okay and i can look at it again with fresh eyes you can always come back with fresh eyes um one of the other things that i i mean there's a lot of things i I can even oh i'll I'll do this one first i'll talk about void um i remember when i first started working with meditation i didn't have anyone teach me i just knew that you're supposed to focus on breath and i was like i'll give it a shot and see what happens um, and that developed into a practice where, and I don't do this now because um, I don't need to do it as long now, but I was meditating for seven hours a day and that was fairly consistent um, wow. for a, a short period of time. It wasn't super long, but for about four, four and a half months, I was doing seven hours a day. And uh, it got to the point though, where I said, I can't maintain this. This is <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> and then it got to a point where I can kind of streamline, you know, you don't have to spend that much time. You can do five minutes a day and it's fine. But during those deep meditations, I had uh, an epiphany um, that was coupled with fastening, uh, fastening, I'm sorry, uh, coupled with fasting. I had uh, an entity that was uh, in service of others, meaning, you know, out there to help those in need, um, speaking to me, saying that you have to fast. And while I was gearing up towards fasting, and it had to be for four days, I was allowed to drink water, but no food. Uh, during this uh, meditation, um, I saw that I was void. And the word void at that time for me was scary. Like that was, you know, the shadow, like, you know, I'm not darkness. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be associated with that. And I had to basically right. just uh, surrender, completely surrender. Like, you know, the, the tarot cards, they say the fool, right? You got to play the fool to really expand. Um, so I was allowing myself to surrender into something that I was essentially terrified of and when i started swimming in the void i said oh i get it now i totally get it there's it's like the coin right uh two sides of a coin but it's the same coin so void is on one side you can say it's tails and light and love is on the other side on head but it's the same darn Mm -hmm. thing there's no difference there's no difference so uh being able to surrender and to let go and feeling as if I was going to lose whatever it is I identified myself as in that process of letting go um, actually was the best thing I could have done. Um, mm-hmm. Because when I came out of that meditation, yeah. I recognized that I am now whole. I am no longer just half of what I considered the good side. I am all sides. And this is a key point. When you are in your heart, when you are unified in your heart, not thinking in polarity, the void and love are the same thing. And you recognize that there's no evil. 
and there's no like uh, not to say that there's no love but it's just it is an isness muji says this beautiful he uses the word isness what we are as consciousness is just an isness we are here we are i am uh and everything that we are is whatever it is that we choose to make it in the moment that we want <laughs> it's pretty wild <laughs> right so three things come to mind i have to make notes as you're talking because that there's so much in this that um wow so um thinking about um let me i'm gonna go backwards actually the isness the the you know in christian in yep. scripture it's i am that i am okay i am the most powerful phrase of declaration um and i think of um because i too was taught because i went through 10 years in um in church uh, in christianity um that i was taught that there are demons that are attacking mm -hmm. me and angels that are that are here because they work for god but they don't necessarily they i can't i can't talk okay. to them is what i was told um and i had a reset of that in that um demons aren't necessarily bad everything exactly, serves yeah. a purpose and an, an interesting uh, analogy that i heard was as a, let's say you're the you're a five-year-old child and you have an abusive parent and um the na nature of a child is just light and happy and loving and not angry and fighting and so their natural spirit is not going to be to fight back but as a five-year-old you might need mm -hmm. to in the situation you're in so they will hire if you will another spirit guide to teach them the anger, the strength, the things that they shouldn't know as a five-year-old, but need to, to survive mm -hmm. physically in this situation. And they carry that with them. And by definition, once they're out of that situation, we should thank that guide for that assistance and dismiss them um, from service and then bring in a guide to show love and support, et cetera. So that reframed the idea of no one's attacking me. And because there's no one or nothing truly attacking mm -hmm. me, there's nothing to be afraid 100%. of. And so that took the fear factor out of it for me and, and placed everything in service. And so as I'm in service, so are these, these beings that are available to us. And so that's when I started working with angels. And in my case, I work with angels and archangels, et cetera. Um, and that was really awesome because it yep. took away the fear factor. And I was given another awareness that everything is a shade of light. That's beautiful. So I have like, you know, you know, the old rheostat dials to like turn mm -hmm. the lights in your room up and down. Okay. So that's what I think of. Like some people's dials are down lower than other people's dials. And you bring more light into the cells the dial gets turned up and they're brighter and they're happier and they have more fun and they're more childlike um and so that that was this sort of practical kind of um practical application piece of it because I, I sometimes i worry that we get we get so in the 
in the terminology that we have we aren't coming to the practical yeah, the most important part yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, it's great to understand that there's no, you know, there's no true light, dark, there's nothing to be afraid of. But how do I put that sure. into application like day to day? And then as I was, I went through a period of studying quantum <laughs> physics and quantum physics talks about the void, mm -hmm. the dark matter as the place where everything happens. It's the energetic space yep. between the cells. It is. It is the energetic force that pushes us outward and redefined gravity as well, which I thought was really fascinating. Gravity is not this force impressing upon us. It's a force coming from win within us that pushes out and gives <laughs> us beautiful. space. Yeah. That inverse really and seeing how that opens up an awareness in a completely different way for us. That's great. It does. And I think if, as I started to apply that concept and I, it comes forth in so many different ways, there's nothing pressing upon me, making me do something. It's all free will and, and internal um, connection and internal choice, which takes yep, victim out of the conversation. It's always our right? choice. We always have the because new choice there, in our moments here yeah. that we have. We always have choice. <laughs> Yeah. And everything's infinite. Absolutely. Opportunity. That's what that's when I when I say, like, when it comes to yeah. we have to remember what we are. Um, whenever I've done deep meditation work where I'm like, you know, I completely lose myself. That's when I see it. And it's all the time. We are infinite and eternal consciousness. We're infinite and eternal existence. Um and it's all, it all comes back to source love. Yeah. So to think of, you know, if we really contemplate those two words, infinite and eternal, if, if you have direct experience with that, you cannot be afraid. You cannot have fear of anything. Even when as a human being, you're having a really right. high tension, high stress, high anxiety, or even life-threatening moment, you might have, you know, you might be so caught up in the story where you're feeling uh, a vibration of fear but when you bring yourself back to heart space you go oh wow like <laughs> like you're actually okay even within these crazy things that you're experiencing right i had an experience uh i, I discovered along the way that i'm i'm mm -hmm. by definition an empath um which explained a lot <laughs> i me. think i think what you're about <laughs> to share many people can can uh sympathize with and say that they've experienced as well <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many experiences I had where I left someplace and I was either my whole mood was shifted negatively, yeah. like I came home angry and I don't know why.
so I was talking about my experience as an empath. And so I had over time, um, I got tired of being so out of control emotionally. And so I learned some techniques to clear that energy and, and gain control. And over time, I learned that I could be in control of my hope, my own heart energy and use it to kind of shift what was going on in the room. And so I had this experience where I was working, I was at a little bit of disagreement with a coworker and, and we were trying to work things out and it wasn't going anywhere. And um, I, I heard in my head, shift your heart energy and project heart energy out. And so I did that. And within a couple of minutes, the whole conversation had shifted. We came to a resolution and we moved on. And it was fascinating to watch that impact. And I had seen it in an intuition class that I had taken a number of years back where she had uh, dowsing rods. And she'd asked if anybody in the room had uh, ever, like, could shift their heart energy and nobody else raised their hand. So I finally raised mine and, and <laughs> came up and, and she said, okay, now, now I'm going to use the dowsing rods. You, sh you pull your heart energy in. So I did, and the rods actually came towards me. Um, and then she said, okay, now push your heart energy out and fill the room. And I watched the, the dowsing rods not only work outward, like they spun outward, they actually spun back around again. Like they, it was amazing how they almost did a 360. And I thought that is really like the physical, um, uh, for, sort of, um, you know, verification. Yeah. I was having this impact and it makes me think about our opportunity to have an impact out in the world um, in terms of how we present ourselves, because we're unconscious about how our energy comes out into the world. Absolutely. What a powerful example um, in getting those confirmations, right? You know, because sometimes we're, we're kind of left field with some of the things that we're experiencing. We're like, is this actually happening? And then you get these, you know, the, the, the rods spinning around. It's like, wait, there is something really to this. This energy thing is, is legit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the power of the heart is incredible. And being able to allow yourself to shift into that space uh, to be able to reach some sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, a workable agreement between you and, and this worker is uh you know, on a granular uh, way of seeing it, perfect for what we're going through in the world today, right? Yeah. Um, all the things that are happening, uh, not just within the states right now and uh, what's happening with the, the riots and uh, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and how important mm -hmm. all this is. Uh, it seems like uh, the majority of humanity forgets that there's so much miscommunication that's happening. A lot of yeah. times it's it, people are not outwardly trying to hurt or verbally abuse, you know, each other. There's there's something that's happening within the communication that's that's faulty. And yeah. if we allow ourselves to step back uh, within the conversation and you can do that by being in your heart, um, you'll be able to see, hey, there's something else going on here that uh, I might be missing. And uh, as opposed to reacting and getting uh, upset and angry and judgmental uh, right. where the conversations will fall apart and it will result in, uh, you know, potentially even physical harm. Uh, mm -hmm. Give yourself a moment to breathe and say, OK, we're, we're, we're missing something here. So let's take our time to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's uh, going to be a growing process, I think, uh, for some time, uh, but what will come out of it will absolutely be beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I think I said earlier, it's just a matter of recognizing, hey, we're all brothers and sisters here. 
Uh, every life matters. And it's a matter of making sure that uh, everyone's heard. And within hearing what people are thinking and feeling, that there is going to be some level of miscommunication. So uh, being aware of that will allow us to, to, to move forward in a really healthy way. Because we yeah. can find the the right ways of bridging uh, all of these things that 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 people are experiencing to create yeah. something truly beautiful on this planet. Hey, it's Juliana. Just wanted to throw a little explanation out there. We were having some internet trouble, and our conversation got cut short. So we'd like to introduce you to Dakin and the services he offers in consultation and guidance for his clients. So we hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Take care. So some of the things that I offer are uh, emotion code, which is uh, releasing trapped emotions from the body. Um, I also am a school of the heart practitioner, so I offer different modalities, including heart imagery meditations um, and different methods of getting into the heart. Uh, I'm also a, a shaman, so I do lots of breath work with people uh, and allow them to recognize their own power. So it's a very empowering method uh, of learning how to be able to heal yourself uh, through breath. I'm also a spiritual life coach uh, where I set up uh, weekly meetings um, where we figure out ways uh, of achieving the goals um, that the individual is looking to do uh, and making sure that it's in alignment with their true heart's path. Um, and there's many other things that are on my website. You can go to a mindfulstudio.com. Um, and I also uh, have a, a podcast. Uh, if you search my name, uh, you can do a mindful studio with Dakin Tull. Uh, and you can find uh, my uh, YouTube channel and podcast as well. Uh, Juliana, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, much love to you and uh, looking forward to, uh, to having you on my podcast as well. Have a great one. Defy Gravity is here for you, for your health, body, mind, and spirit, to bring you knowledge and education to empower you to own your life and be in charge of it. Come on in regularly for the knowledge that you need to support all of your life's objectives. I'm Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath, and not only a survivor, but I've recovered. And I'm living free of health challenges that kept me down for almost two decades. So I'm here to share with you the things that I did to regain my health and get my life back and bring people to you that will also help you and give you more information and more perspectives. And that is the key to creating the life that you want. So welcome to Defy Gravity. Subscribe, come back regularly. Please invite your friends, share this podcast. Find us on Facebook and Instagram because we are here to meet your needs.